Wolf and Luke. Wow. Wow. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Luke Lipinski. Don't waste all your best material this early in the show because I want people to keep listening. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, joining us right now on the 72 Sold Sports Line is Jay Williams, host of Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max on ESPN every morning. Uh, Jay, thanks for the time. Did we hear right? Did Keyshawn have the Cardinals number one? You know what? I don't give a damn what Keyshawn has the Cardinals. I know where the Cardinals are, I know where the Cardinals are in my mind, and that's all that matters. You know, like it, when you get into these rankings with Keyshawn and he becomes very emotional and he gets very, you know, Gambino hits him up all the time and he gets frustrated by it. So there's a lot of fluctuation and we love to jab him about it. But let's be honest, we all know where the Cardinals should be <laughs> in everybody's rankings, yet alone keys. Okay, we'll leave it at that. So, Jay, Will, you got him at number one. Is that what you're saying right there? Not even a question. They're the undisputed number one in the National Football League. I mean, I, I, I mean, look, <laughs> you're talking to a player, Wolf, okay? You want to know what I honestly think is a player? I don't give a damn if I'm ranked number one or number five right now. Man, I, what matters I the same way. is when the Super Bowl comes around, if I'm the team holding up that Lombardi trophy. Like, that's what matters to me. So it's like when people ask me, well, you know, where's CP3 in the MVP voting right now? Or where's Devin Booker? I'm like, why, why does that matter for right now? Because right now, we can, I, can make, I can go on a 10-minute soliloquy about why Steph Curry's the MVP. But guess what? In a week from now, that may be different, yeah. right? The one thing I do know is about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's been in the MVP conversation and has stayed that way. He's been in the upper echelon conversation. And to me, that speaks volumes about the sustainability of how a player plays because he's always been in that conversation. And I'd much rather have the conversation to be about, hey, this guy's constantly in the top three of the conversation instead of like, hey, where are we this week in the rankings as opposed to we lose one game and all of a sudden we're ranked seventh in somebody's random rankings when they don't matter anyway at all. You know what I mean, Wolf? Does that make I'm sense? totally with you. Absolutely. You ask anybody around here, I feel exactly the same way. He does. He absolutely does. Uh, Jay, as far as that game specifically on Sunday, for them to go out there and win without Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, J.J. Watt, against a pretty decent San Francisco team, at least for me, that showed me something we haven't seen all year even. Look, I, I you know, I, I something about – Something about this team, and I'm not just saying it because I'm on the phone with you guys. Look, I do seven affiliate calls uh, on days like this, and I do more throughout the course of the week. There's something about this team that just feels different. And, you know, you can sit there and say, well, you know, it's like, well, it sounds so like hokey pokey. And I'm just like, but no, like championship teams have different auras around them. And I'm not saying you don't go through highs and lows, right? Mm. But, like, these, these are games that when you find, when you find a way to win, um, it's almost like what happened in Dallas before Dallas just kind of like dropped a stinker versus Denver this weekend, right? Like Cooper Rush comes in, you're like, man, nobody really expects Dallas to win this game. And they win the game. You're like, damn, this something feels different about this Dallas team. And that kind of led me to think the same way about the Cardinals. Just And look, there's a lot of other questions looming around Kyle Shanahan and, and, and that team, right? Because I think there's a lot of question marks around the 49ers, especially considering that they actually look healthy for the first mm-hmm. time in a long time, even though I know they have some smaller injuries. But, like, those are the games that you find a way to win, and, and, and those are the kind of games that keep you on a hunt for that top seed. And that's what you're vying for right now. You're vying for that buy. And those games matter, right, because there's no difference between two and five. There's a huge difference between one and two, and that keeps you in that hunt, and I think that's monumental. 
So, Jay, will the Suns, of course, have won five games in a row right now. They're six and three on the season. How, how many games, first of all, do you give a team to start coming together? How many games do you think it takes to get a team playing up to its full potential to start a season? What's the average age of my team? That's a legitimate question, Wolf, right? Like, you know, younger yeah. teams can pick up in a hurry – you know, like look a little bit to a degree like what the Knicks are doing on the East Coast, right, even though they kind of filter out a little bit. But I think when you have teams of guys who are veterans, uh, like in the CP3, I, I think that, look, you want to play every game to the test of your ability. Like, I'm not saying that. Um, but for anybody that realistically thinks that for every 82 games that you play, that you are going to be your best, like you're not being realistic about it. Right. Um, so my thing, and I've spoken to a lot of vets around this, obviously you want you're competing you're trying to win every game, but you really want to hit your gear right around going into all-star break. Like, I think when you start getting around January, like December is kind of that month cause you got the holidays, the big games, right? Like Christmas day and things of that sort. But when you start getting around, like you're hearing a lot of rumblings about the super bowl. Like I remember this as a player, like oh, the super bowl is coming. I would hear a lot of vets like, all right, like, it's time to put this in that gear now because now what we're doing is we're getting playoff conditioning ready. Mm. And I'm not saying that guys are coasting throughout the regular season, but like you have to be able to kind of sustain a level of intensity, but it can't be overboard or you'll be burnt out. 82 games is a lot of games, guys. It's a lot of games. So I, I think when you start getting to like around January, I think that's when you really want to see a team like, all right, I have a really good sense of who this team is and they have a really good sense of who they are. Talking to Jay Williams, and Jay, I know in the past when we had you on, you mentioned we should check out the Memphis Grizzlies. They are a very fun team to watch in the Western Conference. I want to talk about the team at the very top that might be the, the Suns' biggest competition, Golden State. I mean, what do you think of that team? I know it's early, but we've also seen them in the past. Look, I, I think Stephen Curry's playing at an MVP, MVP caliber. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, the MVP is one and it's all already over, but for last night for him to have 50 points and 11 assists, I, I think is monumental. Um, I, I will say this about Golden State is that Jordan Poole has played extremely well. You talk about some of the younger pieces that they have when Wiseman and when Clay Thompson come back, but I don't think it's that easy, guys. They've also had like an eight, nine game homestand, right? And granted, they beat Portland in that homestand, but when you're when you're a young team like that to a degree, with the exception of Steph and Draymond. Um, you know, when you're home, that's different. I want to see how Jordan Poole, I want to see how Gary Payton second, I want to see how all these guys do when they're on the road, mm-hmm. when they go on a five- to six-game road trip, how they handle those type of environments. And I also want to see from Stephen Curry, a guy that obviously is the best shooter in the history of the game of basketball that the game has ever seen. One of the things that typically happens, and it happened a little bit last year for a short stand, is that his usage rate, is so high and they're dependent upon him to do so much, which he can do that typically he's had injuries that have tinkered here and there. So look, a lot of games at home. I think the, the only time they left the state of California was when they went to OKC games versus Houston games versus bottom tier teams. I, I still think there's a lot to be said about where golden state will be once they get into the thickness of their schedule and actually start playing high caliber opponents more consistently. 
You know what? I can't wait to talk to you next week where we'll get into taunting. <laughs> oh, God. I know. Don't get me started. Are, are you kidding? Don't get me started, you, Jay. Wolf, 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 don't, don't sneeze. Don't sneeze. <laughs> There's going to be a penalty. Don't, don't. By, please, Wolf, don't oh. stare anybody in the crowd. There's going to be a penalty. And don't let a ref booty bump you and then throw oh. the flag afterwards if you're yes. watching the Bears game last night. Yes. Yeah, I, I can't. Exactly. I mean, it, it is incredible. We we used to give people the French uppercut, and nobody got hit for taunting. So, <laughs> hey, Jay, thank you, man. Appreciate your time, brother. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate you guys. All right. That's Jay Williams joining us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com. All right, when we come back, should the Cardinals push it one more week with Colt McCoy? We'll discuss next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is James Conner, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Brent's to the right. He's got room at the 45. running through the six with my walls. I think Chase can do it all, and I believe I can do it all. Very excited about everybody that's in that room. I don't know if I've had a room quite as deep as this one. Big hole. Edmonds 25 20 10 5 touchdown. Man, I just think I just think explosive. Just the weapons that we have. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. All right, Wolf, this might become a question over the course of the week. And I guess let's start with this. Let's start with Cliff Kingsbury from yesterday. He was asked about Kyler Murray's health. Get through the San Francisco game, get a win. Okay, how does he feel about Kyler Murray's chances for this upcoming Sunday at home against Carolina? I don't have a feel for it yet. Um, we like the way he progressed through the week, definitely improved. Uh, but we'll have to see, um, you know, how he looks. We get back out there on Wednesday, and hopefully he can, he can operate and function and, and do his deal. But I really don't have a feel for it right now. Man, that is so weird right there. Tomorrow, cannot wait for that and see what happens with Kyler Murray. If he can actually practice at all, maybe on a limited basis. Don't know what's going on right now. Um, don't know if he'd have to practice uh, on Thursday or Friday. Don't have any other particulars, but I can tell you this right now. Just based on how he was walking around on the sideline, I... I feel like it's going to take another week, and I would be surprised if, in fact, Kyler Murray is going to go out and play. We'll see. Well, I mean, the Cardinals have another week, so I guess that's the question I was I was going to start the segment with. They are 8-1, and one, and part of what that does is it, it affords you a little bit of a luxury or at least a little bit of a buffer zone or room to make the decision instead of having it made for you. You don't have to run Kyler Murray out there this week if he's not at the level that you think he needs to be at. if you're, It's the same conversation as last week almost. We're like, okay, can you protect yourself? Except with the, the extra knowledge now, if we've already won a game without you, if we had to do one more, it would give you ample opportunity to be set up nicely for the stretch run. Luke, the Cardinals need to win this game. <laughs> yes, for their confidence, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they'll fall Otherwise, apart. they're going to explode into a million pieces <laughs> once again. Um, listen, if you're asking me, would I love to see Kyler Murray actually take another seat against Carolina? If if he's 100%, no. I don't want you to send him down. It's not what you do with players. You do not do it. There is no load management in the National Football League, nor should there ever be. You're a football player. You play the game of football. And if the best players, they go out and they play the most. If, in fact, Kyler Murray is 100%, you play Kyler Murray. If he's 98%, you don't. Why would you? 
Why would you rush him back out there until he's 100% healed with that ankle? Well, I'm not talking about his body. I'm not talking about if he's sore because you're never going to feel 100%. I'm talking about the ankle, period. You would rush him back because you're four and five and you're seeing your season Correct. slip away. Or like last year, we saw them have to play him at parts of that Rams game in week 17 because they were done if they lost. Correct. But you're eight and one now. You don't have to do it. And it doesn't, to your point, if he's good to go, yeah, get him out there. I mean, it's Kyler Murray. But you're looking at a season, remember, there's an extra game. So you're, you're already playing an extra game of wear and tear on your entire team. And if you can be a team that is still winning games and goes into the playoffs, as long as you're not giving up ground in the, in the actual standings. And, and last week, Colt McCoy came in and beat San Francisco. And I would say San Francisco is probably better than Carolina right now. If you can do that, and while other teams are getting beat up, your quarterback can actually be healthier? Yes, no, I'm with you on that one right there. And once again, um, it's not just about Kyler Murray and his health. It's also about who you're playing. It is. Let's be real on this. Let, let's let's speak frankly here. The Carolina Panthers have lost five of their last six games. They are an absolute unmitigated disaster offensively right now. Yeah. They are. They're not playing well. They're beating themselves they're the most penalized team. They're actually tied with the Houston Texans at 65. The never most good. penalized team in the league. There's only three teams in the league that have turned the ball over more than the Carolina Panthers. They have 15 giveaways so far this season. Sam Darnold is a turnover machine. You're playing at home. You feel very, very confident based on how your offense played last week against the San Francisco 49ers on the road against a division rival. You feel really, really good about this right now. Your defense, the one thing you can say about the Arizona Cardinals defense is they're going to turn you over. They're going to turn your offense over. That's why it was so amazing about the Green Bay game, right? The Packers game, no turnovers generated, no giveaways by the Green Bay Packers, no takeaways by the Arizona Cardinals against Green Bay. Three last week in San Francisco. <laughs> this is a this is a team, this is a defense that's going to take the ball from you, and that's not good news for Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. It is, though, what makes this team um, so special is their sense of and this is honestly Wolf this is something I thought they were going to have last year and they ultimately didn't have it but their ability to do what you just said to turn the other team over so even if your defense isn't stable and it is this year on top of that but in years past it was like okay this defense you know maybe it's a little bit thin here or there but you still have Buddha and you know in years past okay, you have Patrick Peterson you have Chandler Jones maybe those guys will trigger something and even if you're getting beat defensively and the other team's moving the ball you still have a defense that can force a turnover yeah. and kind of save you. Now this year, they're not getting beat. Teams aren't moving the ball consistently on them, and they're forcing the turnover. Yes, exactly right, man. That is a big deal right there. But once again, if, you, if you've got a guy like Kyler Murray, and you know you're going to need Kyler Murray, and you know you want him healthy right now, why in the world would you ever play him in this game, the way that it's setting up right now, the way that you played last week? The talent you have on this team, period. Why would you ever rush back Kyler Murray in this situation? We said this a lot last week leading up to the San Francisco game of the other part to remember is if you don't play Kyler Murray, that doesn't mean you're just waving the white flag no. and handing San Francisco a win. 
And then the Cardinals went out there and won the game handily. If they had gone out there and, and Colt McCoy looked terrible and they lost, okay, well, this is a different conversation because you can't, you Correct. don't want to be stacking losses. Correct. But they didn't. And he looked really good hey, and, uh, and they won. Hey, you know what? Honestly, even if you would say Colt McCoy went out there and d- didn't play well and they won, yeah, you'd be going, well, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, we don't want to give Carolina any kind of, you know, hope that they could actually upset the Cardinals at State Farm Stadium in front of the Red Sea. I mean, you, Colt McCoy went out and was lights out. <laughs> he played, yeah. he played so well. The offense operated so well with Colt McCoy. You have to be asking yourself right now, man, if Kyler's not 100%, why are we playing him in this game? He it, it, Colt McCoy in that game was exactly what you hope your backup quarterback will be. And honestly, Wolf, I think it, right now Colt McCoy is exactly what uh, Carolina wishes their starting quarterback would be. Because if you just look at the, the two guys last week, Sam Darnold against the uh, Patriots put together a quarterback rating of 26.3. Completed less than 50% of his passes, no touchdowns, three interceptions. You're Whereas, saying that's bad. It's, I'm saying it's, it's less than ideal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Colt McCoy goes 22 for 26 without his top two receiving options, a touchdown, no interceptions, and a 119.4 quarterback rating. Yeah, and uh, how many yards offensively, too? They had 163 yards rushing. Over 425, was it? 437. 437. Is yep. it, was it 437, really? 437, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I remember that. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. 437 yards. Ron Wolfley reporting. Breaking news. Um, oh, my goodness. Pulled that one right out of the hat. <laughs> you don't even remember what you were going to say after that, do you? No, you just want to celebrate why, the victory. Yeah. Why would you actually say anything after that? <laughs> That's Drop the microphone and walk away. Unhook that Four, microphone and set it on the floor. 437 yards. You know what, though? That, that honestly is a reflection of how well Colt McCoy was running this offense. Yeah. They were humming, baby, in more ways than one. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, the Suns looked to have things wrapped up pretty early last night, and then they almost didn't. So what exactly happened in Sacramento? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show. Phoenix Suns off tonight. Um, they took the fourth quarter off last night, too, so vacation started early. But uh, they will be back at it tomorrow at home against the Portland Trailblazers. And when they hit the court, Wolf, they will be riding a five-game winning streak. So as much as they have not looked dominant, I mean, I don't even what what's been their best game this season? Maybe the Lakers game? Lakers game? Second game of the season, maybe? Yeah. Maybe wow, maybe the, the Hawks game? game? I don't know. Yeah, probably the Lakers. Man, I'll tell you. Yeah, it really is a weird situation right now. I, I don't know. It's just overall, the Suns just haven't looked the same as what we saw last postseason. And I think that probably is a little unfair 
to to do it. The more and more I think about it, to think of how well they were playing at the end of last season and then into the postseason, and just expect them in the first 20 games to come out and look exactly <laughs> like they did, the more and more I talk about it, the more and more I'm talking myself into saying, give them a blow. Give them a break. Yeah, we had Jay Williams on uh, a little bit earlier in the show, and he said, look, you know, and obviously he's somebody who played in the NBA, and he was like, um, you know, it's you, you want your team to go out there and sure. be their best 82 times a season. It's not realistic. And that's true. And and so, you know, the position the Suns are in right now, not bad at all. Six and three, okay? Right. Have not played anywhere near their best basketball. No. Uh, you don't want to peak in early November. You don't want to be playing your absolute best on November 9th if your plan is to still be playing in mid-June. But uh, but ideally, you would like to be playing better than they're playing right now because it feels like they're missing a quarter each game. And yet, well, if I can't get too caught up in it because they're still winning the games. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, listen, there have been spurts where the Suns look like the Suns. There's no denying that. What was that game? Was it the Cleveland game you were talking about, the 50-12 to 12 run? The, uh, that was, um, was that, uh, they're all blurring together. Yeah, that was the Cleveland game. No, no, wait. No, it was New Orleans. It was the New Orleans game, the Pelicans game right there. They looked like the Phoenix Suns in that run. And there have been other games as well and other runs where the Suns suddenly look like, okay, I guess we're playing for keeps and then suddenly they go out and they start bawling out because they feel threatened that they're going to lose a game. I think you could say that over this this homestand in particular. The five games that they played over the 14 days um, they when they felt threatened they turned the switch on and that's an awesome quality to have where a team can go out there and say oh okay I guess you're serious now we're really going to ball and they can find that switch and they can throw it on what I felt was so fascinating about what we saw last night was the fact that suddenly they were taken out of a game in the third quarter where they went out and they came out of the tunnel at halftime and blew the opponent off the floor, literally, just destroyed them. And then suddenly the Kings were lost in that third quarter and the Suns sat down and everyone wanted to see the bench close this game out and finish this game. And yet they couldn't turn it back on, the starters, under five minutes when they came back out onto the floor. They could not find that switch, Luke. They they uh, first of all that was the Cleveland game that was going to bother me for the rest of the show and possibly time. It was the Cleveland game where they went on that fifty to twelve run. Um, you said this earlier. You know, it's it, the defense really triggered things last night uh, in that third quarter. You know, it's not a fifty to twelve run, but they outscored Sacramento thirty one to twelve in the yes. third quarter last yes. night in a game that was very close and very high scoring. I mean, going into the half, it was sixty seven to sixty four. The Suns were up. So just think about that. You get a team that scored 64 points in the first half, and you come out and hold them to 12 points in the entire third quarter. Yeah. Uh, and then Sacramento started to push back. And this is Monty Williams talking about how it, they got back to defense, and that's what helped them build the lead in the first place. It was a defense. We had like 13 stops in a row. Uh, we had 10 deflections in the first half. We had 11 in the third quarter. I mean, that that's how active we were. And you look at the score, it was 31-12. And so... Conversely, we turned it over in the fourth, and you can see the score. So, yeah, in the third quarter, it was our defense. And then we were just – we weren't bored with making the right plays either. I mean, you scored 31 points, you're doing something right. Um, a lot of it was transition off the turnovers. 
Um, we, we had 38 points off 24 turnovers. So, yeah, it was the defense. Okay, so listen to me honestly. Answer me honestly here. Wolf, do you sneak in here at like 4 in the morning and listen to all the audio before we play not. it? Because this no. is like the fifth time in the last like four days where we, you have said something and then I play a clip and the person in the clip says what you said. Okay, <laughs> what exactly are you alluding to though? What are you, what specifically? Well, it happened on say? Friday. It happened like four times in one show. But right. here, that was Monty Williams saying, yeah, we weren't bored in the third bored. quarter. Did you hear that? Word for word, you said that in the first hour I, honestly, of the show. Honestly, I did not hear yeah, that. Sure. I did okay. not. No, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Sad. I did not. But, man, let's face it. The, the Suns, from time to time, they have looked just that. Bored. They know they're good. They know they're better than a lot of teams, I think, that are out there. It just There's something in the way right now of the Phoenix Suns. There's something in the way of them going out onto the floor and performing at the level that we saw last year and doing it offensively, doing it defensively, doing it consistently. I think it's getting better. I really do. I think it's getting better. I think they're going to be fine. I'm not worried about them after nine games. They're six and three. They've shown a propensity for finding that switch and being able to flip the switch on and go win games when they feel threatened. But they do, from time to time, look a little distracted, a little bored, as Monty just said. Uh, More from Monty Williams, because there was a point here where the Suns were up 24, and they right around then went to the bench, and it was kind of like, all right, we got this one. This will be win number five. Let's get out of here, and we can start to focus on Portland. Well, the bench uh, campaign had a great game, 24 points, but in in the second half, the bench did not get the job done, so they had to go back to the starters, like you said, in the final few minutes, and Monty Williams said, yeah, that's kind of tough. It is. Uh, I put those guys in a tough spot. I think I got them back in, I don't know what it was, maybe five, four minutes. Normally, Chris comes back around, you know, the eight. But we had a good rhythm going, and then we just lost it for a few minutes. So those guys probably felt cold in that moment. But we were able to make enough plays to win the game. But that that's a tough spot to be in. It's good. It's a lesson for the future for sure. Look. Man, I'll tell you. The, the Honestly, just listening to Monty talk right there, the best thing that he said so far is in regard to the defense. The fact that they showed they can still do that. When they came out in that third quarter, Luke, it was unbelievable. It was lights out. It was like last year, wasn't it? Yeah. It reminded you of last year. They looked like a team that was like, this is cute, Sacramento. We just went to the NBA Finals last year. Exactly. Took the dial in that third quarter and turned it up. They turned the Kings over 10 times in that quarter. (laughs) 10 times. You got to be kidding. And Look, I get that it's tough to keep that sort of success and that sort of pace up and that and just to be that dominant as they were in the third quarter you don't expect that for the whole game they'd be winning games 120 to 40 sure but it was like the exact opposite in the fourth quarter and that's the problem is you don't want to give almost all of it back because I think you would agree with me the Suns are a much better team than Sacramento I don't Sacramento's not bad but the Suns are a better team yeah but if that game went another two minutes I'm not sure the Suns win that game last (laughs) night no way there's no way the wheels were falling yes, off. Yes, they were. The car was like, there were sparks. Yes. It was just kind of coasting down the street. And uh, yeah, but they got through it and, and now five straight and they get a chance for revenge on the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow. Text us your thoughts on the Suns of the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, how can the Cardinals avoid a letdown against Carolina this weekend? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
Hi, this is Cliff Kingsbury, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Let's go, Lucky Ram, Lucky Ram, Lucky Ram to start. Here we go. I feel like we've added a lot of key um, additions to the team. You know, from year one to now, yeah, we're in a good spot. I think the accountability on this team with a lot of the leaders we brought in is, is really, I guess, leveled up. Cliff Kingsbury has to go from, like, really good offensive mind to head coach in the NFL. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? So pretty convincing win for the Cardinals over the 49ers over the weekend, too. Not just, uh, hey, let's kind of squeak by with our backup quarterback and our top two receivers out. It's, you know, it, Wolf, if you look at the box score of that game, and you don't need to because you remembered exactly how many yards they had, 437. Yes, Thank but you, Luke. For the rest of us that actually have to look at the numbers. Um, <laughs> if I just told you in a game this season that the Cardinals' top five receivers in a game, like, start of the season. Go back to where you were in the start of the season, okay? Yeah, okay. So we're, like, getting ready for the Titans game. And I tell you, midseason, the Cardinals are going to play the 49ers. Their top five receivers are going to be Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz, Antoine Wesley, James Conner, and Christian Kirk. And Colt McCoy will be throwing the passes. You're like, well, wow. in trouble. Yeah, this has gone south in a yeah, hurry. Exactly. Yes, of course. No offense to any of those names. No. Whatsoever. Well, Zach Ertz wasn't even on the team at exactly. that point. <laughs> okay, but I think I'd, you know, Zach Ertz, yeah. I think I'd respond well to that. Just a guess. Probably, yeah. But uh, but that got it done. 282 yards through the air. This is uh, Joe Staley on NBC Sports Bay Area giving that perspective on what the Cardinals did to the 49ers. They looked absolutely shell-shocked that the Cardinals were going to come out and fight in this game. You know, you go in there with the wrong mentality. It's the NFL. And if you don't take care of business and get on the details and play complimentary football, a game like this happens. You talk about the defense, the inability. I thought they had got out physical on both sides of the ball, getting run over time and time again, breaking tackles, missed tackles in the defense. And then offensive line, I talked about in the, in the pregame show, how they had their best game last week. They got completely manhandled by the guys up front for the Arizona Cardinals today and allowed uh, – Jimmy did not feel comfortable in the pocket back there. He was constantly under pressure. So a lot of things to clean up, and, and they, they, have, they don't have time to clean it up. It has to get done now. Joe Staley right there, winner, winner, chicken dinner, as they used to say. He's right on the money. That's exactly what happened. The line of scrimmage is how the Arizona Cardinals won this game. They were more physical than the San Francisco 49ers. They went out there and they pounded the ball in between the tackles using James Conner. We all know that. They won the line of scrimmage. They won the line of scrimmage. You've got the Arizona Cardinals and base and Onions. Go ahead and look it up. They have so much talent offensively. It's not even It's not even funny. I mean, it really is. They are Super Bowl caliber through and through when it comes to the offensive talent they have on this team. But you know what makes them special is that line of scrimmage and how well they're playing with their offensive line. Their offensive line doing a good enough job coming off the ball and allowing their skill to do what they do. Isn't that right, James Conner? Isn't that right, Chase Edmonds? Allowing Kyler Murray time to stay in the pocket and throw the ball and chunk it down the field. Um... The line of scrimmage is the most underspoken, under-talked-about part of this team that I think most people would would look at and say, you got to be kidding me. The Cardinals are playing that well offensively, that well defensively. Yeah, not a lot of people talk about the Arizona Cardinals in the line of scrimmage. They've done that to the 49ers 
twice this year, really. And I think it was more pronounced on Sunday than maybe it was back on, on October 10th. But, um, <laughs> you know, San Francisco, we joke about it. And we're like, oh, yeah, that was everybody's preseason favorite to go to the Super Bowl. A lot of people had the 49ers going to the Super Bowl nationally. I didn't understand it then. Uh, I obviously now really don't. Um, but that is still a, a decent football team, and yet they're three and five. And even though this dumb rule now, where seven teams make the playoffs, means they're only a game out of a playoff spot. If that that team misses the playoffs, Wolf, they can thank the Cardinals because the Cardinals have beaten them twice already this season and have put them in a real tough spot. Where you can kind of hear like Kyle Shanahan after the game talking about how bad his team played. And uh, in fact, I have that right here. We didn't play very well today at all. I was real disappointed. Thought we'd play really well. Um, had a good week of practice. I thought we'd even improve from the week prior, um, but obviously didn't go that way. And you can't stop the run. Uh, I think it seemed like they were in second and less than five after every first down. You give up all those free yards, big explosives on screens. I don't think they punted until the third quarter. And then on offense, um, you got to come out and you got to make those plays to start. I thought that we had a chance to keep up with them at the beginning. First drive with the drop, um, then the fumble. Then the fumble again inside the 10. Um, then it was catch a ball from there on out. This is what is so weird about this for the 49ers once again. I mean, the arc, the arrow was pointing up. Yeah. Was it not? That was the exact opposite of what we were hearing the week before after they played Correct. Chicago. Yeah. It was pointing up. This was a desperate football team as well. Now all of a sudden you've got this opportunity where Colt McCoy, their backup quarterback, is playing. Their two best receivers are not playing. You're playing at home. You're coming off a win. They're coming off a loss. All of it. All of it points to the 49ers going out and playing a very, very solid game to Kyle Shanahan's point. And guess what? It went just the opposite. But credit the Arizona Cardinals for coming out and seizing the line of scrimmage and controlling the line of scrimmage. So we have seen the Cardinals on a number of occasions this season go into a game where the narrative was kind of, and not just the the blanket narrative, hey, we're not watching the Cardinals, so they're going to lose. But even people that are watching closely saying, okay, you know, going into the Tennessee game, that's a game you might lose. Maybe, maybe we're expected to lose. The Rams game in week four, the, the Browns game in week six, certainly the uh, the 49ers game this past Sunday. And in all of those games, Wolf, the Cardinals came out swinging right out of the gate, basically. And now you have to flip it around this game this week. I don't think anybody's going to pick Carolina to beat the Cardinals. So we'll get more into this game, certainly, as the week goes on. But, um, I mean, if you're if you're Arizona, that is a different skill, right? There, it's it's a different, it's at least a different area you have to unlock of, okay, we're probably not supposed to win this game. Conventional wisdom says that, but we know we can. So we just come out there swinging. Whereas when you're playing Carolina and they, they look like they're a mess right now, yes. everybody expects you to win this game now. Yeah, you know what though, honestly, uh, the leadership inside the Arizona Cardinals locker room is what makes them special. It's not just the talent. It's not just the t- the toughness. It is the leadership that is going on inside of that locker room that fills me with so much hope and so much expectation. It's not even close. I don't expect any type of letdown from the Arizona Cardinals over the second half of the season right here. Now listen, will, will they go out and play great every game? No. Will they lose a game? Most likely, Yes. They'll lose more than one game, most likely in the second half. It's not like you're going to go out and play perfect because you have great leadership. 
But to me, overall, once again, oh my goodness, this team, the difference between what we saw last year and what we're seeing now is night and day. And the math is backing up all of it. And that's good when you can look at the numbers and you can watch the tape and the two are gelling. The two are vibing, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, Boy, that is a really, really good thing and a good trend to look at and take note of, of a football team that is starting to come together. Well, and we have seen this season, I'm just looking at the wins. I mean, kind of set the Green Bay game aside for a second because that was against a very good team and they lost, uh, although they almost won. But um, the the games that they haven't looked great out of the gate were like the Jacksonville game, the Minnesota game, and the Houston game. Probably the three easiest teams on the schedule, and yet they had the talent to pretty emphatically come back and win two of those games. Jacksonville and, and Houston, I don't think there was any doubt in the fourth quarter of those games who was going to win those. Uh, the Minnesota game, obviously, you know, it took a little bit of luck there at the end. They did put up 34 points on their own, though. But they have played better against the best teams. They haven't started as well against the lesser teams, but they still win those games because they just have more talent. Yeah, and not only that, too. We have to talk about this right here. A lot of people wanted to know, how are the Arizona Cardinals going to play after they lose? How are they going to play? Are they going to be, oh my goodness, they're going to burst into a million pieces because their confidence is going to be shot. You actually heard somebody, a national analyst. You were here when I heard it, yeah. Yes, exactly right. (laughs) Some guys saying their confidence, they need to win this game. (laughs) Yeah, they looked all broken up on Sunday. How did they answer that question? Uh, they answered with a 31-7 to lead with most of their offensive weapons missing. This team has stared adversity right in the eyes and beat it down. I'm just looking at the schedule right now as we're talking, and they do the, the, the top receiver of each game for the Cardinals. And how ridiculous is this that through now nine games, it's only been the same leading receiver back-to-back games once all season. Wow. I mean, how's that for balance? It's wow. Hopkins, Moore, Green, Green, Hopkins, Green, Ertz, Hopkins, Kirk. <laughs> like, let's just get everybody in into the mix. Kirk also threw for three thirty-three yards. That's last week. crazy. Yeah, that's uh, that's the sort of balance there. It's not like there's no other team that has balance like that, but uh, there are not many. Coming up next, we're going to go back into the wide world of words, Wolf, and we're going to figure this out. That's uh, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona Sports Station.